Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome everybody, it's Eddie Trunk and it's time for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast which is new every Thursday via PodcastOne.com and iTunes. Have you checked out the new Podcast One app yet? What are you waiting for? It is awesome. Be sure to have a look at it. It is so cool. Some of the things that you can do with the all new Podcast One app. Be sure to download it. Be sure to have it on your device you can listen to the Eddie Trunk podcast, many other podcasts as well. You can get it in the App Store or Google Play, free, of course. Find out everything about all your favorite shows, all your favorite podcasts, special content, video. It's so cool, so much to do. Be sure to check it out. It is the all-new Podcast One app. Like I said, grab it now free. Get it on your device via the App Store or, of course, Google Play. So here we go. With another week of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, a uh, a big week for me. The day you are hearing this, if you're listening to it on post day Thursday, I am in Sturgis, South Dakota, where I am shooting the first episode of what will be a brand new TV series that I'll be hosting. Hate to be cryptic about it because it has not been officially announced, but it is officially a go and I am shooting that in Sturgis as we speak. I've not been to Sturgis for almost 10 years. The last time I was in Sturgis was 10 years ago for the same reason, to shoot a TV special from there for VH1 Classic at the time. This time around, uh, very excited to uh, have a new TV series coming that's going to be covering music festivals all around the country and will be premiering. You'll be able to watch it starting early next year. I'll give you more details about all of it when we get a little bit closer, but it's cool to have this new project on the TV side to dig into. And from there, I go over to Northern California, Oakdale to be exact. I'll be hosting a festival this weekend, the Sierra View Music Festival happening in Oakdale, California, featuring Queensryche, Warrant, and many more. Hope to see you there if you are in Northern California this coming Saturday. Then I fly home Sunday. My live radio shows, of course, each and every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday night of next week, I fly to Houston. If you're in the Houston area, come and see me on the 17th and 18th, Thursday and Friday. I will be at the House of Blues in Houston, live from the restaurant there, 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time, doing my daily show on Sirius XM Volume 106. And you can come and hang out and say hello if you want, if you're in the area again next Thursday and Friday, live from 1 to 3 local time in Houston from the House of Blues in Houston doing Trunk Nation on volume. Hope you can drop by and say hello. And then that Friday night, I'll be at a place called Tumbleweed, Texas in Houston where I will be hosting an evening with Stephen Piercy 
as well as the Bullet Boys. As usual, all information about all of my events and appearances are on the homepage of eddytrunk.com. And be sure to follow on Twitter as well, at Eddie Trunk. Instagram, Facebook, also at Eddie Trunk. So much going on, so much to cover. We talk about it, and I talk about it each and every day with you guys on my show on volume. Hope you join me on Sirius XM Channel 106, where you can hear me live each and every day from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. Replays every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, also on demand on the Sirius XM app. Many of the interviews you hear right here on the Eddie Trunk Podcast originated on the SiriusXM volume show. So get SiriusXM if you don't have it already. And if you do, be sure to listen to my show on volume, channel 106. And you'll get all this stuff live and be able to interact with the artists as well. So a lot of stuff, like I said, going on. Some things I can fill you in on, some things I can't just yet. But rest assured, it's all good stuff. I also want to take a quick second to thank each and every one of you who sent me birthday wishes this past Tuesday, the 8th of August. I did celebrate my 53rd birthday. Thank you for all the amazing love and support. It is greatly appreciated and great to hear from all of you guys. And uh, again, I thank you very much for that. All right. So looking into this week and what's happening on the Eddie Trunk podcast Nickelback, a name that when you say it, inspires either great passion and people very excited and very into the band, or the complete opposite of people very much anti-Nickelback. I have never honestly been in either camp, and honestly, I have never, for the life of me, been able to figure out the level of disdain that is out there for this band. It's never quite made any sense to me, to be honest. I can understand liking the band. I can understand disliking this band or any other band. But Nickelback is one of those bands that is insanely polarizing. There are people that love them and they've sold millions of records and had a ton of hits, needless to say. And then there are people that despise them. And we have all heard the stories about that over the years as well. So a couple months ago, I was asked, maybe less than two months ago, if I would like to host what is called a town hall with Nickelback. It's something that SiriusXM does with some artists where they bring in an outside audience and you do a Q&A with the audience and do an interview with the band live on the radio. And I said, sure. I don't know the Nickelback guys at all. I saw them live once, but I figured, yeah, why not? It would be cool to, to get to know them a little bit and I have an open mind. And honestly, I'm indifferent about their music. I don't have a feeling one way or the other. But clearly, they've made a massive impact on some people out there because they've sold millions of records and had tons of hits, and they are currently out on a tour where they are playing to people all over the country in amphitheaters right now. So I went into it with the guys, having an open mind. I walked away from it feeling the same way. Very nice guys. We got a long fine. They seemed very cool. As you're about to hear, we had a good conversation. And uh, again, I, with any band, I get if you're a fan or if you're not a fan, but I've never been able to figure out the, the unbelievable polarization on this band. And it is something that I do talk to them about in the interview. And I think Chad Kroger has a great line. He says something like, we are the um, cilantro of music, <laughs> meaning that... Obviously, cilantro, some people really like and some people hate. But um, listen for yourself and, you know, don't cast out if you are anti-Nickelback for whatever reason. Don't reach any assumptions here until you take the time to listen to the interview. Who knows? Maybe your mind will be changed. I don't know. I'm not out to change anybody's mind. I'm not out to sell the band one way or the other. I'm simply saying... um, I, even after coming away from this interview, I still can't figure out what all the polarization is about with this band. But have a listen for yourself. All four members of the band joined me. It was with a studio audience. It was 
at the SiriusXM headquarters in New York City. It is a Nickelback interview slash town hall here on this week's edition of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. One other thing, very important, don't forget, I've got my own store now on Amazon. How do you find it? Go to Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. It's that simple. Bookmark it, check it. Anytime you buy through Amazon, start on that page. Look at the things that I've handpicked to be up on that page. You don't have to buy those, but if you want, they're right there front and center. Some of the things that I kind of thought would be of interest, maybe some of the things I talk about in this podcast. And, of course, go on from that page to whatever shopping you may want to do on Amazon. Again, it's Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Up there right now is some cool stuff that I talk about and recommend. The new Alice Cooper record, the new Rex Brown record, Pete Way's new book, Corey Taylor's new book, Winery Dogs with their brand new live DVD CD. That's up there. The new Cheap Trick, my own books are up there. That great book about Van Halen is up there. So check it all out. Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. My own personal Amazon store. And from that page, you can link to anything on Amazon and continue to buy. But when you go, start with that page. And I would greatly appreciate it. And check out some of the things that I've handpicked to have in my store. Again, one more time. Very easy. Amazon.com slash shop slash my name, Eddie Trunk. All right, coming up, it is the Eddie Trunk Podcast with Nickelback. Stick around. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the absolute best candidates? With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. And then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates to find you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash trunk, T-R-U-N-K. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash trunk. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter slash ZipRecruiter.com slash trunk. Hey, have you heard? Podcast One has a whole bunch of awesome new shows filled with big names that are waiting for you on our brand new amazing app. This one's a game changer. There's Norman Lear talking to Amy Poehler, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Charles Barkley. Geffen Playhouse Unscripted with Brian Cranston, Josh Gad, and soon Neil Patrick Harris. Nice. OC Real Housewife, Heather Dubrow's World, Lady Gang's Three Mimosa Podcast with Leah Michelle, Nelly Furtado, L. King, and more. Plus every episode of the Adam Carolla Show, Dan Patrick, and Rich Eisen. And if you like what happens in the ring, we've got Steve Austin, Chris Jericho, Chael Sonnen, and a whole bunch more. So download our one-of-a-kind new app and see for yourself. Go to the App Store, Google Play, or download it now at podcast1.com. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. All right, we're back. It's Eddie Trunk. Again, this interview happened just before Nickelback's latest album came out. The band, as we speak now, are currently out on tour This was done at the SiriusXM headquarters in New York City, and it originally aired live on my show on volume, which you can hear Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on SiriusXM channel 106 with replays every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. So let's go into the studio at SiriusXM that they call the Fishbowl, and all four members, well, starting out with three, eventually all four members of Nickelback on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. We have uh, Chad here. Good to see you. Good to see you. And Ryan as well. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? A new album coming out this Friday, Feed the Machine. Congratulations on that. Must be an exciting time every time you give birth to some new Nickelback music. I'm, I'm glad you put it that way. 
Is that what it feels like? The labor pains were intense. (laughs) Talk about the, uh, talk about the, um, the way this record was put together and and how it was uh, conceived, if you will. Anything, (laughs) anything different from previous records? We're on a baby theme here for sure. Um, it's uh no it it came about uh, the same way um we've we've definitely stumbled onto something that we we like doing we like uh um trying to especially with the last record we really learned that um we would just rent houses all over the place we'd rent a house in maui we'd rent houses in la and stuff and we'd get in there and we would just suck all the creative juice and as soon as we'd get stuck for a few days it's like all right let's move next house you know you get to the next house new setting and everything was just fresh again and we just you know the the, uh, the creative ball would start rolling again and um and and that's a great way to record and instead of just getting in there and smashing your head against the wall um we would do like two weeks on, a week off, two weeks on, a week off. And uh, because, you know, the guys have got kids and stuff and, and we've got three family men in the band. Um, you try to... Ryan and I were talking about that earlier, That's actually. Right. Yeah. yeah. We're in the heat of it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to, uh, you know, be a husband and a dad and the guitar player or the drummer or the bass player in the band, whatever it might be. Uh, there's a lot of juggling involved in that. And so we all, you know, we make sure that everybody's, you know, comfortable doing whatever. We're at a nice stage in our career where we don't have to kill ourselves to uh, to make a record. What about putting the material together as far as how it came together since the last record? Been a couple years, two, three years since the last record. Yeah. Uh, how do you guys work as far as writing? Do you guys all get together to do it? Were there some old ideas that you kind of revisited? Is everything fresh? How does it work with Nickelback? Well, we uh, we go through the vault, yeah. you know, and you you look back through all the stuff. Where is the vault? Never mind. Every band has Everybody the never vault. Mind. Where Never is mind. the vault? Is it in, where the vault in is? Vancouver somewhere, buried no. in a mountain? It's not very just secure. And on it, Nickelback. <laughs> the uh, the the vault is is um has been recorded onto several drives and is in multiple places. Uh, there literally is one in L.A. and there's one in uh, there's one in Vancouver. They're really, ca- they're kind of all over the place. The yeah. Nickelback Vault is international. It, international. Well, vault. it's uh, yes. if you lose one of those, you know, and and. You know, how bad would that be? So you're in the middle of a move. You're like, anybody seen that drive with like the next four albums on it? Anybody <laughs> seen Hammond about that? You heard I, what happened on the new Metallica yeah. record. You didn't get to write it all because he lost. He had all his stuff on his iPhone and he lost it. He yeah. couldn't recover it. You know what? I, I, it's funny enough. Like I, I had had a, I had an app on the phone a few years back. Similar thing. I only had like maybe five or six ideas I was laying down. And then that app just would not respond. I'm like, this is an awful idea. This is an awful idea. And so I started yes. duplicating other places. And it's like you have to you have to plan for the worst sometimes. Off-site, off-site backup. All right. This is All important. Right. So feed the if machine. If there's anything you take away from this today. <laughs> Back up your backup. stuff. Redundancy. Yep. Triple redundancy. We should mention we have a, a great audience here, a live audience as well. And we'll be including some questions from them in a second. Feed the Machine, which is the record we're talking about and, and which comes out on Friday. Uh I just got a copy of the CD, which is still, being an old school guy, my favorite way to take in music. Mm-hmm. And I noticed in looking through the booklet and everything, is there a bit of a, a concept to the record? It, it, it feels like, because you have very, the very instrumental. German of you. Very German of you to ask that. Well, you've got, the Germans love the concept. So every single time you go to the, you know, you, you land in Germany and you're doing the press tour. And the first thing, tell us about the concept of the entire album. And you're like, <laughs> there's no concept. We're not Pink Floyd. But, yeah, <laughs> we should mention Mike and Daniel. We welcome them to the conversation Boy, as well. Yeah, They've yeah, made yeah, it. Sir. So we now have all of Nickelback in the house. But, but I noticed too, because you know what, when I saw, you know what gives it a, a concept feel when you see the betrayal, the betrayal <laughs> part two at the end, or yeah. act two, which is instrumental, which yes. is another big act thing one. that ties act in. One. Act one you, is... If you look, there's no act two. It's act three and act see, one. That's, that's, that's important to say, though. It's like, I, I see what oh, you're yes. saying, but it's also important to driving me into a 2112 <laughs> sort of territory here now. <laughs> also yeah, yeah, set yeah. the Germans into a tizzy. <laughs> Where is number two? We cannot find two. So like, yes, it's not in chronological order. That must really twist your melon. <laughs> I, 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 I can see that. Yeah, that's become something. That's very interesting. And there, and there was a reason why we did that in particular. Uh, have a part three. For, there's a reason why part three is first and part one is after that. I just, I've, I've stopped telling. You know, we, I started there, I think it was one day I started explaining it. And then I just stopped because I think there's a mystery about it that people wonder where to. And I'm just, like, just going to leave it as it is. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can figure it out. But uh, it's, not, it's not a concept album. I, I can see a few reasons why that it's a very metal looking cover as well as far as and I'm the concerned. video for the song yeah. feed the machine is really cool and really sort of 
you know, dystopian. Yeah, yeah, dystopian, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think, I think the song lends itself for sure to it being. Feels like it can be very thematic for the album, and we have a couple of songs that are kind of talk about that. Uh, you know, the scenario of um, uh, doing. You know, feed the machine is not feeding the machine. It's about you know, think for yourself. The whole believe me mantra. I just, I can't, I can't deal with that anymore. It's whether it's religion or politics. Uh, there's a song called Silent Majority that kind of lends itself to the similar kind of vibe about, you know, finally say something. I find that uh, there's a, a large swath of, of, uh, of intelligent uh, people that just, they just think something is, this, this is insane, this is crazy. Whatever it is that you're, you're speaking of, it's, it is about a broad, a broad sense of, 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 of uh, multiple topics. But there's a lot of people that say this is crazy and they don't say anything. Mm. It's kind of like they keep quiet and then you, the, the vocal minority seems to be very loud, especially online, about what, what have you. And so you think it's a certain topic is, is felt, it's, it's kind of reflected a certain way when maybe it's not. Mm. I mean, maybe it's just a real vocal minority talking about that. So I don't think the whole album goes concept-wise, but there's, there's, a, there's a few things in there for sure that could be you know, thought of that way. Mike and Daniel just jumping in here like, what the hell are you guys talking about? We made a concept record? We didn't even know. <laughs> I'm like, man, we're not that serious. Used to that, <laughs> used to that topic. We've been through that topic a little bit. Have you? It's, it's come up before. Yeah, like he yeah. said, the Germans, every interview asked. What's yeah, with the Germans and concept they records? They like concept they, records. They love it, them. They love it. Love they it. say they do. They, they, they can't have, get they enough enjoy concept it. records. Would you like to do a concept record at now, some point? We may have to now. Just I to mean, be released in Germany, Germany, maybe. Do you have a double <laughs> gatefold wall in you at some point? Is <laughs> yeah, a wall or nah, I don't know. There might be something. You never know. We'll I, I would be... My ADD would just kick in way too hard. And I'd be like, <laughs> I, I like, you know, thematic diversity. Um, I want things to, to all have a different... Uh, sort of flavor to them and, and, and you know speak about different things because there's always room for you know being in love having your heart broken being pissed off wanting to go out on the town uh, blow off some steam whatever it might be like you just anything that that uh, that you're feeling that day write a song you know mm-hmm. um just giving somebody the same sort of continuation i don't know if that's i don't know if i have the I don't know if I have the attention span (laughs) to sit there and be like, okay, now where are we in this movie? Are we, uh, you know, is there a love story coming in here? Is there going to be, what's our climax going to be? Have we done enough character development? Uh, I don't know if I can, if that's me. Well, I think judging by the track record of Nickelback and the track record of the, the last 15 years or so, you've figured it out just fine in terms of, Success. I, I was reading something, and I don't know, because I admit, I, I took this from, from Wikipedia, which we always know is never always accurate. But What are you talking about? <laughs> but I, I, tell me, well, tell me if this is true. How dare you contradict Wikipedia. Tell, tell me if this is true, because this is an amazing statistic, if this is true, that you guys are the second best-selling, being a Canadian band for America, the second best international-selling band of the 2000s. Next to the Beatles, hmm. have you had you heard that? Do you know if there's anything validity to <laughs> they that? They keep telling us that. They keep saying this in interviews. It's, it's it sounds pretty that, so true, I guess. Well, well, there's a couple of things amazing about that. That you, no offense, that you guys are that band because that's an amazing statistic. If you're not but taken, if you're not first, you're last. But, he, but <laughs> we came in number two. Chad's yeah. like, I'm going back and writing right now, and I'm going to kick the Beatles' Those ass. Beatles. Uh, <laughs> but think about that, that the Beatles in the 2000s were still the band that's, to beat. That's, yeah. that's the thing. It's kind of like, that's, that's great. It's strange that that's still happening, and amazing that's still happening. So, I don't know. Just some truthiness to it? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty... But, but here's Good the one. other thing that, that ties into that uh, statistic as well. I was thinking about this as well. You guys are probably like the last band to have been able to get a bite out of what was the old model of the record business where people went and waited in line to buy records. And again, I just mentioned before I'm holding your CD. I'm a CD guy. This is still the way I like to get music, but Mm -hmm. you know, I'm 52 years old, but this is still what I love. But, but, you know, I was walking in today in Times Square and there's a billboard up for the new Katy Perry record. And it, all it says is just stream it on Spotify. Mm. I was like, oh, no. You know, I grew up working in a record store. Like, how about actually going and buying it? Yeah. You guys actually were the, one of the you came in and broke through in such a big way at a time where you were still able to actually get people 
buying your music and physically going out there and celebrating it and getting it. That's got to be a pretty cool thing to know you because know, it's, it's like the earth was being consumed by a volcano and an earthquake and there was a helicopter leaving and we are the last guys on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Cause I yeah. don't know of a band yeah. that had the level of success and sales in rock and that stat, if it is accurate about the Beatles thing, would lend itself to that. That you, I'm sure it wasn't by design when you no. started putting Nickel back together to say, well, we're going to be the last one before the business craters. But you, you, you may be. Uh, you know, that's just that's just lucky timing. That's all that is. Um, and and I, you know, we're thankful for that. Um, it's it's funny that you you bring up the the whole thing about physical copies because um, the Japanese fans love physical copies yeah. and you'd think that you know coming from such a technology-based culture um that they would want to download everything yes and everything would be on their phones and not the case at all they want to hold a physical copy they want to look through they want to go through the lyrics and yes. they want the artwork and they want all you know they they love that and and i I'm, should move to japan it sounds like <laughs> I, I i miss that you know i think i you know when someone's got a cool old vinyl collection pretty soon it's gonna be like Come and look at all my CDs. Yeah, I have a lot of them. <laughs> like, it, it's it's a stra- it's a strange time to to this trend. It's this transition is it's it's felt quick because uh, I I agree with you. It, it's it's a strange time for us to kind of get in the business and then transition to completely digital. Uh, I talked to some you know my my son and his friends and stuff like how how do you guys listen to music? What radio do you listen to? And they're like radio. We listen to our phones. We listen to this. We listen to the downloads, playlists. Except like, for Sirius X. I'm just going to say. <laughs> they all realize we're doing an interview right now. <laughs> you, do under, you, you do understand the Sirius <laughs> is on your phone as well, right? You can listen to it on your yeah, phone They well. listen to the app, I'm sure, right? Of course they do. Uh, of like, course, right. Yes. But, but it is <laughs> right. in the same In the same breath, though, like, yeah, you know, vinyl is making a comeback to, to a certain degree. Uh, but eight kid, tracks, bro. I'm, it's, it's strange. The kids are that don't have any. <laughs> don't jump. Don't jump. No, no, people are buying eight tracks yeah, yeah, yeah. and cassettes. And cassettes Chad. Absolutely. Yes. I like it. But they they didn't grow up holding something to listen to other than a iPod or MP3 player. So the fact it's becoming a bit of a novelty. Like like the fact that my kids know how to use a, a record player is I find is I think their friends find is like blows their mind. Yeah. And they like that though. They kind of like the. So maybe, who knows where it's going to transition from this place. Yeah, no, I just, I mean, I think uh, as long as people, I, I like, whether it's vinyl, whether it's CD, whatever, when they physically buy something, I think you have more of a bond mm-hmm. and a connection to it. I grew up working in a record store. It's interesting what you said about Japan, because there was that documentary on Tower Records that came out. I don't know how many people saw yeah. it. Uh, Tom Hanks' son did it. Yeah. And they said the one place Tower Records is still thriving and where CDs are still really active is in Japan. And I agree with what you said, Chad. You would think that that would be like, you know, the the, the opposite because yeah. they're so ahead. Um, but speaking of formats, did I read where some of the early Nickelback albums are coming out on vinyl? Yeah. Yeah. We did a re-release uh, of some of the stuff on vinyl. I remember trying to get uh, our records on vinyl a few years back, and it was... Very difficult because again, because of the timing, you would have never have existed on vinyl. No, yeah, no, not at all. We we did have I think our our second release was on cassette, so they probably could have had vinyl, but they didn't release it. But yeah, nothing was really on vinyl, and the fact they're doing it again, I think that's I think it's great. We're designing. We just finished designing the the vinyl for Feed the Machine, and I'm like, I remember I have the 45 of Number of the Beast. Uh, I have an old jukebox at home. I've got a bunch of old stuff, and it, it was red with green yeah. center and red. And I was like. I want like red vinyl. I think that's going to be awesome. So we're going to make uh, try to make a cool. Uh, so this one, be, this one is actually going to be red. So oh, it's going to be red yeah. vinyl. Feed yeah. the machine. I think it'd be kind of neat. And what are the other titles that are coming on vinyl? Because I I saw the. Uh, well, I don't know where July, they get them, but every the time I walk road. out of a hotel, some <laughs> so there's three or four people are holding our records on vinyl. I'm like, I don't have that. Where do you, <laughs> you know, and they're just all eBayers. And they're just like, uh, can you sign this one? And can you sign this one? And can you sign this one? And I'm just like, where do you guys get this shit? Like, I don't possess that. I, I want that. Right. And you're like, you just got to track them down. Right. So. One other thing on Feed the Machine before we get into some audience questions and move on to some other things. Also, uh, going through the booklet, I was una- unaware of this until I just got the CD. There's a You have Nuno Betancourt on here playing mm-hmm. guitar solo? Yeah. yeah. Nuno's a, a friend and an amazing player. How did that come about? Shredder. Yeah. Um, just uh, texted him. I was like, dude, do you want to play a guitar solo on this record of ours? And uh, he's like, I'm leaving for the airport in two hours. And then I just texted back, okay. 
Meaning to come to you to record it, or he no, knows, I was just going to set it, just fire it over. He's, he's like, busy. I got to go. I've got to like. He was in out like we were all in L.A. He's leaving, and somewhere. he was he was jumping on a plane to uh, to take off, and and he said he only had about two hours, and then I was like, okay, and then he texted me back like two minutes later. Send it over. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Killed it. So we Just fired it over to him. And he's like, here you go. Here's a, here's a guitar solo. Here's an outro solo. Here's all this stuff. And it was like, um, I just incredible. Like he is so he talented. Did, he didn't hear the song either. I don't think like he really, he, there was no vocals. He just, no vocals. Just, so he just kind of, I just context gave him, was different. I gave him, this is this, this yeah. is what we're playing under the solo section. Here you go. Here's the outro. And he just fired over this, you know, he sent it back to me and it was perfect. I'm like, you talented bastard! <laughs> so he probably good. had to pay so some he, airline change fees on that one. Yeah. <laughs> he missed his flight. He didn't. Yeah, he maybe. didn't invoice us for that. So, so you guys just fan of Extreme or uh, New Nose, and you figured it would be a cool thing to do. Yeah, he'd, I mean, he'd fit on that song. There was What's a, the song he's on? He's on a, a song called "For the River." <laughs> okay, and um, uh, it had this little. Um, it, there's this little riff inside, like just one part of this one riff, and every time I would play it. I'm, I was like, it's got a Nuno thing to it. You know, from that one record they had called Three Sides to Every Story. Yep. I mean, there was a lot of them just, you know, just going off in these bridges where it's just like the band just takes off. And, and um, they're really good. He sends it back. He sends it back over and he goes, great groove. This is my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, good. Okay. So I'm glad that, uh, you know, I wasn't out to lunch when I was thinking it'd be, you know, f- that it would be a nice fit. Right. And it did fit really, really well. He just nailed it. Right. Well, the new album feed the machine comes out on Friday, everybody from Nickelback. So be sure to check that out tour coming up as well. I know, uh, you're kicking off in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and you go out there for a while ending at home, right? Yeah. And in Vancouver area? Yes, yeah, exactly. And talk about the tour a little bit, uh, what you got planned and, and who the opening acts are. 44 shows. Uh, yeah. First show is on uh, June 23rd. Um, we're bringing out our buddy Daughtry again. He's going to mm-hmm. come with us. And then um, uh, we've got uh, Cheap Tricks going to play some shows with us in Canada. Nice. Yeah. And we thought that would be really cool. That's I'm very really cool. excited for that. Yeah, that'll be uh, fun. That's stuff I used to play as, uh, when, I, when I was starting to play, so that's... I'm pretty jammed, uh, jazzed by having these guys. Yeah, a great together. bunch of guys. Also yeah. a group, like Shaman's Harvest. Shaman's Harvest yes. as well. Shaman's Harvest. They'll be on the right. front, in front of Daughtry. So, oh, is it? So it's a three, three bill, yes. three band bill. Yeah, yep. and then Cheap the Trick comes in at some point. Yep. So. The Canadian dates at the end. Yeah, they're yep. coming out. That's very, very cool. All right, we got to take a break. We'll come back. We've got all the guys from Nickelback here again. The album that we're talking about is out everywhere in whatever configuration you'd like to purchase it in, as long as you purchase it this coming Friday. And uh, we'll get some of you guys and the questions from our audience uh, as well, and uh, more from me coming up as well. So coming right back, more with Nickelback. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. True Car. Something about True Car a lot of people don't know. What is it? Using True Car can also help you buy a used car. In fact, there's over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from True Car certified dealers nationwide. If you're looking to buy new or used, you can get upfront pricing information that empowers discounts off the list price for used cars and a better buying experience through the True Car certified dealer network. We're talking about over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from True Car certified dealers nationwide. You'll see what other people paid for the car you want so you can know what a fair price is and feel confident. With True Car, you can connect with a local certified dealer of your choosing so you can enjoy a quick, easy buying experience. Using True Car, you can easily find the new or used car you want. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. All right, let's get some of these people involved in the conversation because that's what this whole town hall is all about. We're looking for Catherine Casario is our first question. Hi, uh, Catherine. Your chance to I fire away to Nickelback. I knew it would be you. Are there any songs that remained unfinished because you are apprehensive of how they will be accepted when listened to by fans and media because it is too personal? Interesting. We're apprehensive about releasing any of our material because we're <laughs> worried about how it's going to be received. No, uh, no, 
No. Uh, in fact, there's a song on, on this record. It's called Home, and it does not cast me in a very flattering light. And I'm talking about the fact that, uh, you know, I, I was in a relationship for about eight years. Um, and uh, I could never get her to share in any aspect of my life. And, and she was just staying home all the time. And, you know, we we're blowing up and we're traveling around the world. And, and I could never get her to, to come out on the road with me and, and share in the experience with me. And I wound up being uh, unfaithful to her um, because of that. You know, it's like, if you're never going to be here, I'm going to be with somebody. So if it's not going to be you, it's just going to simply be somebody else. And um, the song's called Home. And it, 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 it doesn't, it does not cast me in a flattering light, but it's good. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it, well, it's, honest. It, it, it's honest. And it just, you know, kind of cuts to the bone. And um, that was one of those. I played it for my aunt. And I, I looked over and I said, uh, doesn't make your nephew look too good, does it? She goes, no, but it's good. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, as long as you think it's, uh, you know. And I have no problem, you know. It's, it's just something that I wanted to sing about. And, and uh, it, felt, it felt great getting it off my chest. And, and uh, that's one of the things. It's just, it's just out there. So, no, we never really worry about how anything's going to be perceived. It's always just... Is it good enough? You know, is it is it is it something that we're that that that, that is so strong and, and stands alone, stands the test of time, and something that we're going to be proud of? Um, and uh, you know, I, the only reason something wouldn't make it on a record is if we sat there and listened to it and was just like, "That's just not good enough." Yeah, I, I think I think the stuff that's honest too that comes across honest, like uh, I've always said, like "Too bad" uh, from way back. I'm like, I think people connect with stories that they can they know it, it comes from a real place and that's why i mean stories that aren't necessarily flattering but this is real i think people can tell speaking of the way things are perceived there's something i've things got, got dark yeah, <laughs> things well, really got dark yeah. for a second <laughs> jeez thanks <Kat. laughs> um buzzkill yeah really <laughs> well you know, something I, the first time I found out I was going to be talking to you guys, this is something I really wanted to ask you because honestly, it's, it's boggled me, my mind for a while. And it probably does to you guys for, to some extent as well. And, and that is the unbelievable love-hate relationship people have with your band. I don't want to be in a relationship. A ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you had something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Sounds like that song yeah. was about that. That's also dark. That's, That's a dark. different show. Very dark. Different show. But, but can, we, can you guys give me your take on that and why, as you are, I'm sure, well aware, you have sold millions of records. You're going to go out on a tour and have tons of fans come and love Nickelback. But then there's this other segment of people that, you know, gen- it's a love-hate thing with your band. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? Why do you think that exists? And does it bother you? We are the cilantro of music. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Some people, yeah. We taste like well soap said. to some people. Yeah. Some people just can't get enough of it, and some people um, would... Uh, would uh, die not to not to have ingested it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. Uh, we don't take ourselves that seriously. I mean, you can tell just sitting in the room with us, we're, I mean, four clowns. Uh, we're just always goofing off and picking on each other and, and uh, being silly. Um, and uh, I think a lot of people just think that we take ourselves seriously. And a lot of people just take us too seriously for, for whatever reason. And they, and they just want to be, you know, just do all that. Just get on the, on the internet. And I, I, the way I always kind of look at it, look at it is, if there's a band I don't like, I wouldn't sit through thirty seconds of one of their videos. Right. They sit through the whole thing, watch it, and then comment, and then get into fights on the on like on YouTube about why. Like I, I can't imagine going to someone's video on YouTube that I didn't like and and watching it. That sounds like. Uh, that, that would just be hell for me. Like, I don't want to, I don't like this band. I don't like this music. I don't want to watch this, but uh, these people take the time. And you know what? I honestly believe, I think they like us. <laughs> well, well, there is, there is that the show, thing. Sure. We, we get that. If you've, if you've been doing radio or anything, as long as I have, there is that thing where you have people, the, the people that hate me the most who I've never even met, they happen to know every single word yeah. I've ever said in 34 years on the radio. Yeah. So there you, is man. that. They don't no. hate you. They just, they just type. I, they don't hate you. Yeah. My, my perspective on the whole thing, I'll try to sew it up as quickly as I can, but there was a, a bit of a perfect storm, I think, going on 
where we were getting played on rock radio, we were getting played on pop stations for some of the lighter songs. So when you switched the radio station, you couldn't, just you couldn't, no get, you couldn't, you couldn't get away from it. And I, so There's that no I understand when your your songs kind of become ubiquitous. Uh, you, you start to hate that, and you start to kind of resent that, and I Backlash. get that absolutely. But sure. and then pair that with social media, internet started to to really explode at that point, and 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 so people could share their innermost thoughts. When it was back in Circus Magazine and these old rock magazines, you would have to r- furiously write a letter and send it into them the the editorial page. Uh, so it could it could um, um, get, get larger quicker, I think, in that sense. And add on to that, what's human nature? People like to bond through what they hate. Have you seen the gas prices? These, oh my god, these are just ridiculous. And like, I I get that. That's human nature, and I totally get that. So I think that all being put in a pot together and stirred around, just kind of the tail starts wagging the dog to a degree. I yeah. think there's, for sure there's genuine people that just are tired of it, don't like it. Some people like it, but then it just becomes a thing on its own, and people don't know why they don't. Yeah, like they something don't know why they. Uh, anymore. Charlie Benente, you can't really put your finger shows. on it. Charlie from Anthrax. From Anthrax, yeah. yeah. He came, great guy, love his drumming. Um, came to the show, and afterwards he's like, you know, when I showed up, I was supposed to not like you. <laughs> like, and, I, and I thought about it. He watched the whole set. He goes, you guys play your ass off. I love these songs. And he kind of scratched his head and went, I don't know why. I just thought I was supposed to not like you. And I think it's almost becoming built in a little bit yeah. to people. It's like a herd mentality. Yeah, they're all running. I don't mind being someone's guilty pleasure as long as I'm their pleasure. Um, You know, I think that when people have our songs cranked up and they're singing along and then all of a sudden they roll down the window for whatever reason, it's just like, I don't want anyone to know that I was just singing my (laughs) ass off the Nickelback. See, I always hated hated that that mentality. And I know that exists, but I hate because I was made fun of for the music I liked in high school and Mm -hmm. I was defiant about it. I couldn't care less. I was just like, Mm -hmm. to this day, to this day, if somebody tells me something I'm supposed to like or not like because it's the popular thing, there's nothing that gets my back up more than that because I don't believe in guilty pleasures. If you like it, that's all that should matter. And, And I think that that's the most important important thing but um it's just a strange thing because even leading up to this interview and i was teasing it on my show i, I said to people i said you know nickelback's coming in and you know, one call be a oh, great can't wait for that no oh, you're gonna have those guys i wouldn't and i was just like where does this this thing come from and i said That's to the awesome. one guy who was anti what's the problem if you don't like them just don't listen he goes i said what is at the core of the problem he goes they get played on the radio all the time isn't that the objective of most bands that make music? <laughs> but Eddie, don't, here, don't you you're see, guilting them for their success. Don't you, see the lunacy? don't you see the lunacy in this? Because if the person doesn't want to listen to the radio and hear us, what are they doing listening to the radio? Right. Like, if you don't want to listen to that There's radio crap all line. the time, Nickelbacks, they're only on the radio. It's like, well, you're listening to the radio. Yeah. That's where you're hearing it. Yeah, right? yeah. All right. Why, well, why can we complain about this? Nobody gets more radio play than Taylor Swift or Justin Bieber <laughs> or anything. I mean, they're on every 15 minutes. At the but you shouldn't have success. to apologize no, for success. No, no but at the it's height of ludicrous. our... I mean, we were never played that much. I mean, now... Now it's like... I don't even... I don't... Like, I used to think back to how many times we get played, like how many spins we might get on some radio station. Be like, yeah, we got some... We got, we got daytime play in this city. We can go there and we can play for people now. I'd be like, yeah, that's great. They play, they play like some of the core artists now every 15 minutes. I'm like... And and they still don't get that backlash. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, that's what I mean. It's still. It. I think it's just every once in a while. Unfortunately, time has shown we have those bands that but, are so big that people. It becomes a thing, as you know. Various stories that have come out about people. It's a thing to to bash. Mm-hmm. But when you go out and you're as you're about to do and go to play to fifteen twenty thousand people singing all your songs every night, I'm sure you can rest easy every night. Well, that's what I was going to say. Those I'm people right. are you know, in the audience, man. When we show up, when we show up to a show. <laughs> Everybody's there to have a good time. Everybody's there to sing along. You know, they all want to get there with their buddies and grab a beer and and just, you know, just just sing as loud as they can. We love getting the big sing-alongs going in the audience. Like just getting everybody singing along is it's it's it just turns into a big party. And I love that. You know, that's why I'm looking over at Ryan or Mike and I'll just be I'm just like, this is our job. We would do this for free. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the opinions we of Chad Kruger are not necessarily free. the opinions of the rest of the band. All right. so, you know, it's, listen a, to him. it's it's a great, great one last job. quick thing for me because I know we got to go back to audience questions. But did you ever were you ever in a situation, whether it be in a live show or meeting or anything, where where one of these haters actually was there? Like, were you ever at a show where you just got fourteen thousand nine hundred and ninety nine people with their fists there, and that one guy, fuck you, man? Because I've seen that before. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, we get yeah. I mean, at, at festivals, you know, yeah. if you go to a festival and, and you're that band that that person doesn't want to see, but that happens to everybody. That yeah. doesn't just happen to us. Yeah. I mean, that's that's been going on since the the dawn of yeah. uh, live music. You know, so there's minstrels there's, playing there, and there's one guy just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the man <laughs> with the middle finger. <laughs> Please have him removed. Have him removed. <laughs> Where's Mike Iannone, if I'm saying your name right? There you are, Mike. Go ahead. He's got a question for Nickelback. What band made you want to play music? What band made us want to play music? Uh, Daniel? Mine was Rush. I was just going to say. For sure. Yeah. Typical Canadian. Yeah. Very. <laughs> and, there, and there's a polarizing band, right? Love or Hate. Yeah. It was well, a Rush for sure. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And uh, people like, you know, I hate Getty's voice. It's like, Getty's voice is awesome. You know, it's like, uh, uh, def- definitely. Mm. For a Mike, drumist, it's kind of a natural choice. A drumist. Yeah. yeah. Mike, what uh, what band made you want to Probably play? Probably Slayer, Metallica, Combo, Hybrid thing. Okay. So that's why we sound like this. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, to play music, probably my dad. Uh, who uh, played a lot of music, but who wanted? But the reason I play guitar would be um, Megadeth, Metallica, Chad, um, oh, Savage Garden, play. probably Savage Garden. <laughs> no, surprising. Uh, didn't this see that one coming. Hey? <laughs> yeah, uh, Nelson. Um, oh. I'm gonna go with uh, yeah, probably. You know, Metallica was a big one. When, like I, when I was 13, Metallica was the biggest band in the world and, and there was two bands any party anywhere in town it was uh, it's a you would either hear appetite for destruction or you'd hear metallica and it was just and nothing else or the cult, oh, the cult maybe a cult a little huge. bit no. uh the cult was a great band i mean we used to play the whole album yeah electric that mm-hmm. was a that was that was big band. yeah and i don't want to i mean i don't want to start anything with daniel on the end being such a big rush <laughs> fan but I don't know if you heard, but Neil doesn't want to tour anymore, so the gig done? might be open. Just, just saying. Oh. You, know, just, <laughs> you, should, you should check that out. <laughs> Shut up! Talk He's not later. going anywhere. That could be a that could be a good move for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Agree with your brother. Mike's pushing him yeah. into it. Well, I'm just what, saying, you know, Daniel could sit in. Calls. Daniel could sit in on any song right now, cold. And nail any Rush song, start Ooh, to finish, no problem. Wow, yes. his drum kit's too small though. Yes. But you're still so not, not, you're still you're not right. going anywhere. <laughs> Happy to see. No, no, you could no, rock no. a little YYZ no, or something. No, no, no. YYZ. You do YYZ? No problem. All right. La Vila. Uh, wow. He, play, right. he goes plays, deep. He plays He's really a band uh, uh, called Martone from uh, Vancouver, and they're like very prog rock band, weird okay. time signatures. He, he's very used to that. Yeah. All right. He gets yeah. paid by the note. In that band. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where's Thomas Gorham? Right hey, Thomas, you're up next. Hi. Good, man. Um, guys, of all the songs in your catalog, uh, which is the one that you're most proud of writing, whether it achieves any radio play or not? Most proud of? Um, I, I always go back to the, <laughs> have you got kids? Yeah. Which one's your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just okay, one. well, there you go. <laughs> I hope it's that one. <laughs> I got one kid, but my neighbor's kid's awesome. <laughs> uh, no, that's uh, it's it's really tough. Um, I, I think that a lot of people would probably think that we would say "How You Remind Me," um, and it's it's hard not to pay homage to that song because it was our first really big handshake to the entire world. Um, but uh, photograph was uh, that's a special one, you know, just because it rings so true, you know. And then to go back and shoot a video in our hometown, um, that one gets me. Yeah, I, 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 it's funny. I was going to say the same thing because, I mean, I love the rock stuff. Like, I, that's, that's, where, that's where I like to play, <laughs> that little uh, that sandbox. But uh, just for that reason, too, it, there's, a, there's a special combination for us. It's, you can just, the song describes a lot of, you know, the whole you can't always go home memories kind of thing. And for us, the, the song is about our hometown. We shot the video back in our hometown. And it was the last, it was the last, time that 
even my my everybody came out to our farm in, in uh, outside of Hannah, and we had a great time shooting the video. And it was done. Even my parents were moving away, so that was kind of my last touch to that town. So it's a pretty special song for me too. So yeah, you guys Here's missed my- the hint. You missed the hint. I missed. Feed what the hint? machine. Feed the machine. Oh, is because <laughs> oh. you know, um, you know, uh, no shot to sell a record the down there. For a while. The and, uh, that's that's out Friday, right by now. the way. Oh yeah, right. It's, it's, huh. <laughs> that one's about our hometown as well. I'm, I'm digging that <laughs> one quite machine. a bit. Yeah, we we know. Now Hannah, it's just a big machine. Other other uh, uh, also known as the machine. The machine. Yes, yeah. Hannah. Daniel, anything you want to add? Uh, for me, it was side of a bullet. I was a huge, huge Pantera fan and. Vinny was going to play on that song. Oh. And uh, we sent it down to him. He's like, you did a great job. You know, it's just, just happy you guys did it. And the fact that Dimebag is doing the solo because we got all the hard drives with all his uh, him noodling in oh, the studio, so. constructed his whole guitar solo in that section. It's pretty special for me. Mm. Super what, heavy. What song, what song became a hit for you guys that you never saw coming? Like, is there a song... That that was became this signature Nickelback hit that you didn't really see or feel that shocked you. I I always knew that it would be well received, but I don't think I don't think any of us knew the size of like rock star. Yeah, that one just took say. off, and that one really took a life of its own. I mean, we were in the studio with Mutt Lang making uh, Dark Horse. When that song exploded in London, and um, because they didn't jump on any of the singles from all the right reasons, it was the not last one, one single. So all the way to Rockstar, then they finally get on board with that one, and it was it was so big, they stopped us from recording, and they booked an entire tour just of the UK for wow. us to go over and do the entire UK and the whole thing was sold out just on that just on that one song because we went from How You Remind Me to the next record which was called um, Long Road and things started to slide a little bit for us like I, I think that the, the, the fan base was slipping for us and uh, instead of doing Wembley suddenly we were doing Two Nights at Brixton Academy which is a 4,000 seater so uh, and then all of a sudden Rockstar comes out and boom we're going back to Wembley boys <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah so it's left the, you know everyone just hit pause off we go to, to surprise, UK yeah. and, and uh, you know, suddenly that song just, I mean, it really did take on a life of its own. And, and everyone just really loved the video and the fact that there's just so many, you know, stars in it. And then just so many just random people singing from around the world. Um, it, it just worked out really well. The fact that we were in it for about two seconds. Love that part. <laughs> that was the best part of it. So. It's a trend on the new record, too. Yeah, not in those videos either. Yeah. Uh, the new record is Feed the Machine from Nickelback. It's out everywhere on Friday. It's Eddie Trunk. We do have to take a break. Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, you guys, A&E's Emmy-nominated groundbreaking docuseries, Leah Remini, Scientology and the Aftermath, returns for season two on August 15th with 10 all-new episodes. This show was riveting and revealing I watched all of the first season, and uh, a second season is coming. As I mentioned, August 15th on A&E. Leah Remini, Scientology in the Aftermath, follows Leah Remini along with high-level former Scientology executives and church members as they delve deep into shocking stories of abuse, heartbreak, and harassment experienced by those who have left the church and spoken publicly about their experiences. This season, Leah Remini continues her quest to give a voice to victims of the Church of Scientology. The series also explores accounts of former members whose lives have been significantly impacted by the church's practice. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen. Remini is helping people take action, turning survivors into fighters, revealing truths, and seeking justice. She is relentless. Watch the first season of Leah Remini, Scientology in the Aftermath, online, on demand, and on the A&E app. And again, the new season, starting season two, August 15th, with 10 all-new episodes on A&E, Leah Remini, Scientology, and The Aftermath. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. (laughs) 
All right, let's get right back into the audience questions because we have some people been waiting here and uh, we want to make sure they get to ask their question to the guys in Nickelback. Again, their new album, Feed the Machine, is out everywhere this Friday. We're looking for Chris. Uh, is it Tracy? Tracy? There you go. Hey, Chris. How you doing, guys? Hey, good. Great. With uh, nine albums now, how do you approach making a set list for this tour? Does the set list change from night to night? It does. Uh, that, that's a great question, you know, because... There's just we we couldn't play now if we tried to play every single that we have in one show, I would probably be dead. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we've got like thirty six, thirty six singles or some damn thing, and and there's why people hate you. Yeah. you just answered it. There, there, there you go. There you go. You son of a you bitch with all that success. <laughs> I know. Can't get away from damn it. it! You can't get away from it. God. Yeah. How dare it's, you sell records? It's, it's a it's a it's a wonderful problem to have when you're in the band. Um, yeah, it's tough, you know. And, and uh, the thing that we really started doing with this last European run that we just did um, was uh, just calling audibles, you know. Especially after I've had a few too many uh, Jaeger bombs, it's like uh, I'll start, you know. You guys remember how to play this? And Daniel's like, no, no. Okay, no. there we go. Two, three, <laughs> don't, four. Don't, don't start that song. Please don't start that song. And I'm like, we're doing it. <laughs> the train has left the station. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just off we go. Like, I'll just call it some stupid stuff. And, and we'll, we'll uh, you know, we try and make it different every night. And we've, we found that, like, when we just start doing the same set, and then as, as soon as you play, you know, three shows in a row, everyone's like, okay, those are the songs they're playing. Now that I know that those are the ones they're playing, they're like, I saw those. I saw those ones on the last tour. I'm good, but when you start chucking in audibles and you start like going back to some random stuff, now the fans are like, you just never know what we're gonna play. So now, so it's uh, it's it's a surprise for them, and and you know they're not and sitting there going, and now we know what's coming next, and I know it's yeah. after that one. Um, and it's I, good, it's good it's good for us though to mix it up like this. Put the guitar techs, the lighting guy. The, oh the, yeah. Okay, I've got this all figured out. We throw throw them a curve, but we have a lot of different tunings for guitars. So when they have a, you know, this tuning guitar ready and that we call something different, they're like, oh, shit. Panic. And they run. Yeah, they've got to go Sheer find the right panic. guitar. It's not, if everything was in E, it'd be so much easier to do that. <laughs> but it's not. So yeah. we do a lot of different stuff. It's like so. the oh, shit with like eight eyes in it. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, you just hear them running hear back because they'll have the, the guitar time. ready. And then you just hear like, no, 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 no. And they just. <laughs> <laughs> Where's uh, Netta Christensen? Hey, Netta. Are there any songs that you wrote that didn't make this record? And if so, will they be released? We wrote one. There was one ballad we were working on, and it just didn't feel like it fit with the rest of the songs on the record. And um, so we just uh, we held on to it. You know, and, and and I would I would love to see that song um, on the next record. It'd be great if that one got to see the light of day. Um, yeah, once again, it just it just it didn't fit with everything else that was going on with this. It, it would have stuck out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. So we just held on to it, and it's it's in the vault. <laughs> Which one, the U.S. or the Canadian yeah, one? Buried in his backyard. <laughs> uh, we're looking for Michael Riley next. Hey, Michael. Hi, thanks. Uh, do you miss playing small clubs? And would you ever do a small club tour? Small clubs. I, they're pretty fun. Yeah, I do sometimes. I, I like, I mean, I, I think, you know, when you start out, you want to, you know, you play to everybody you can, and playing the big venues is kind of the goal to get as many people as you can to play to. Uh, but I like watching bands in smaller venues sometimes. So some of those gigs are, are fun. Like, they're still kind of fun when we go back. We just played one in, in New York uh, uh, two or three weeks ago uh, with Live Nation just for, for fun. I think it was with Foreigner and... Uh, yeah, root, live the roots. It was it was an interesting. Was it Irving Plaza? Yeah, yeah, right. Plaza. yeah. live nation so, day. Yeah, uh, concert, concert day. Concert day. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's kind of fun, and we, you know that's that's something we could definitely at some point look into. You'd have to do it right, I think. Uh, but we're pretty used to throw and go, rock and roll. <laughs> Just throw your amps up, crank them up, and go. See and for go. me, I, we spent years uh, playing to no one but bar staff, and my whole life I was like, I just want to be in an arena i want to be screaming to thousands and thousands of people like you know when you spent so long trying to climb out of that trench 
when you get out of it, for me, I'm like, I don't want to go back in there. You know how hard, you know, the mile of shit we crawled through to get here? I don't want to go back through that pipe. You, you, don't, you don't miss that alcohol silk carpet everywhere. Oh, great. <laughs> everywhere. And the dented 50, 58 microphone that's been, <laughs> that's been spit into by like every singer in the world, and it's, it's rusted from all the spit that's just been on it. I love banging oh, my mouth into that, that for two hours. It's a but lot now of fun. the difference would be if you went back to a club, you could probably have the right microphone and BYU. bring your own yeah. and know that you could go back the next day to the arena. Now, so selfishly, true. selfishly, I love watching big bands in a small club. Right. I just don't want to go back and do it. <laughs> Let's get one final question in here before we have to wrap up. We're looking for Salvatore Palermo. Salvatore. How you doing, guys? Hey, Good. How you doing? Technology is used a lot in concerts these days. What can you tell us about the stage show for this tour? Oh. It's all played by robots. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Holograms. Holograms. That is a yeah. thing now, holograms. Yeah. Tupac plays bass for me. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> every night. That's going to be excellent. Virtual Chad Kroger. Um, we have a, a stage designer. So now if you hold up that record and you see the those cables, those red cables going into that to the back of the person who's addressing that entire crowd – our stage is being designed right now as we speak, and uh, it'll too much away. Uh, and that's all you get. <laughs> Good one. And, uh, well, we I'm have something. Trying to answer the damn question I here. Know. Um, I'd like to leave some to the sure. Sure after the first show. First show, be, it'll all, be everywhere anyways. Yeah. Um, so we're definitely going, and, and that's the tour is called the Feed the Machine Tour. So we're uh, we're we're definitely um, you know riding that theme uh, all the way. And it's free beer every night. Yeah. It's there you go. Beer. Well, you guys, I mean, I imagine that coming up, one of the things you dreamed about was also having the ability to do stuff like this, right? Because one of the things Nickelback is is also been known for is the show. You you know, you've got pyro and you got stuff going on. So that that's got to be one of the big uh, perks of being able to have the success that you guys have had Mm -hmm. to be able to put some of that back into a stage show and bring some of those things that's in your mind to life has got to be awesome. Yeah, when we um, yeah, like after How Your Mommy came out. And it just, you know, it really did. Uh, it, it was, it was so big for us. Uh, and they told us, you know, your whole tour, your whole world tour is sold out. You guys can do anything you want. And we looked at each other like, anything? <laughs> and they're like, they're like, yeah, you guys can do anything you want. Tickets are sold, dude. And we're like, I'm like, I want 40 foot flames all over the place. <laughs> I want explosions. I want it to look, I want shock and awe, shock and awe. You know, and I'm just like, I want shit going. I just want smoke and explosions. It's just like, it's got to look like a scene out of full metal, full metal jacket, like just insanity. And when we put that into the show and the people would come out and see us and you're just, you can see the looks on these people's faces. You're just scaring the shit out of them. And, uh, you know, it, and, and it's like, it's so much fun. For one human to just take in, I'm like, once we did that and we put so much back into the show, um, everybody, I mean, one of my favorite comments that somebody wrote somewhere was, I'm not even a fan of their music, and I got free tickets from my cousin to go and see them play, and I will never miss another Nickelback show as long as I live. As long, you know, and I was like, like now that is an honest compliment, and that's you know, it, you know, is, is, is makes us feel really good about our live show and and, and how much. We do care about entertaining people because when somebody shows up and there's nothing on the stage and there's like one spotlight and, and they just get up there and they, they're playing for you and it's like, it's all about the music. It's like, yeah, no, it's all about you putting all the money in your pocket, and not giving anything <laughs> back to the fans. That's the actual truth. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there are a lot of bands that do that. And then the bands that put that money into the show and, and really give you that extra mile. And I know as a, as a guy who grew up a huge fan of stuff like that and big shows and grew up a big Kiss fan and stuff, that's, yeah. the, that's, that's the, extra, the extra icing on the cake. But when you go see Iron Maiden and Eddie's 40 feet tall and he comes out of the – you're like, this is amazing. <laughs> you know, that, like when bands put that effort back in there, you create – a fan for life, yeah, you know, uh, and 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 that's you also paint yourself into a corner a little bit because you kind of do. Where do we go from here? You kind of do. Know, does Chad blow himself up on stage? And I'm like, you know, well, what, what I, we pulled we pulled the the, the pyro from like a, from a while back just to because it's like you don't want to be defined by that. I want to be able to do that. I right. love doing that. It's great, 
But you, yeah, you, do, you don't want to paint yourself into the corners. So I think we've been pretty careful about that. One tour, I was like, I want a stage to come down just about that big, exactly that big. I want to come down out of the ceiling with a drum kit on it and pick us up on the stage and then lift <laughs> us off and fly us. And then halfway across the, the, oh, the arena, I want to start Daniel's to Daniel's shaking his head down we there. Like, I want to spin. And then I want it to take us the rest of the way across the arena and land at the front of the house. And then we'll play three acoustic songs, then lift us back up, and then we're going to rock all the way back across the arena. I felt like it was a big cookie cutter, uh, literally. Was, and I was actually quite nervous. I'm like, I don't want this floor. to fall. All right, they're giving me the sign. Yeah, I got to kill yeah. it. Thank you guys so much for the time. Well, thanks to the guys in Nickelback for joining me on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. If you are a major fan, hope you enjoyed it. If you are somebody that is not a fan, well, maybe at least enjoyed the conversation and hearing from the guys, and who knows? Maybe it turned you, uh, turned you around a little bit. And if you're still not a fan, that's okay, too. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Remember, it's new every Thursday, podcastone.com and iTunes. It is produced by Katie Irizarry. And uh, be sure to follow me on social media, at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, eddietrunk.com is the website. And don't forget my Amazon store. Visit it at amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Things handpicked by me to be in the store. Check it out. See what I have each and every week as the titles often change. And from there, you can jump into some other things as well. All right. Have a good week, everybody. See you next Thursday for another all new episode. Thanks for listening. HBO's Game of Thrones is back for its seventh season. Winter is finally here, and so are the White Walkers. Will the Seven Kingdoms of Westeros survive the threat from the North, or will they fall in the looming war for the Iron Throne? After you're done watching an episode, join the discussion here on the Game of Thrones After Show on Podcast One. Every week, our hosts discuss each episode in detail, from shocking twists to fan theories, as the series chronicles the violent struggle among the realm's noble families for ultimate power. Join the fray every week on PodcastOne.com, the Podcast One app, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.